0: Welcome to The Heart Zone featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Guys, we're going to really talk about the reality of Easter today. It's really easy for us, with all of the hubbub and everything that goes on with this time of year, to kind of lose focus about what Easter is about. And so, really, I'm really concerned about, and I've been thinking about this in my own life, about an indifference. And if you'll notice, if you have a bulletin, on the back there is a section for you to fill out. And really, I just have two thoughts about this indifference and about, really, I was thinking about my own life, but I think it has application for all of us here, and that there is a problem with you and I when it comes to the whole issue of Easter. And the first thing that I saw is is that it's just another holiday. It's just another holiday to us. I mean, really, to be honest with you, we look forward to this time of year like I do, because I know that there's going to be some sort of clan gathering. And so Lori's clan, we're a part of her family. We, we normally get together on Sunday, but things couldn't allow for a Sunday gathering of the clan. So we got together on Good Friday. And so we went over there and they had the ham loaf. And I'm on a diet. You may not know that, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to change my lifestyle. I'm not on a diet. I'm on a lifestyle change. Okay. And so we go there and her mom makes these mean ham loafs. Covered with all that brown sugar. I mean, oh. Okay, so I just kind of had to set aside my lifestyle change for a day, okay? Okay? But, I mean, we, we gathered together, you know, and the kids get their Easter egg hunting thing. And I, I will say this. I did not drink any sweet tea that day. That's a big thing for me, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you guys are laughing at me. I'll just tell you, tell you, I'll fill you in on something. I went with, we went to visit Art and Mary and I and Luis to visit, Maryland, uh, and uh, so on the way down, we stopped at a McDonald's, okay, so I was there first because they went to the washroom and everything, so I went ahead and got my meal, and I got a salad, you know, a bacon ranch salad with a chicken and everything, so I'm sitting down there, and I got my Diet Coke, and, and here comes Art and Mary and, and Louise, and they all sit down across from me, and they each have a third-pound Angus burger, <laughs> And I said, there is something wrong with this picture. (laughs) Okay, we're getting off track. Okay. It's become just another holiday to us. Because it's so easy, and I know this is true for my own life, that we can lose the significance of what Easter is about. What happened that day? Because, folks, something significant happened that would forever change the course of mankind. That would forever change our lives if we understand it and embrace it. So it's just another holiday. And and really, the significance of the event is lost to us. That's the second point I want you to see. The significance of the event, of what happened on Easter, is lost to us. Because for us, it's just a celebration. It's, it's Easter eggs. It's Cadburys. It's ham. It's the potatoes. It's family gathering together. It's hard-boiled eggs that the kids die. And we kind of, it's coming to church. But the reality of why we do all of that. Sometimes we don't even think about that. That's even true for me. It's just one another one of those special services i got to do. But there's something so much more. And so my task today, I wanted to go somewhere in the scripture and help us, help myself and help you. Because when I'm speaking, I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. To help us grasp the reality of Easter to help us really understand what went on that day. And so I wanted to look at the resurrection, but I also wanted to look at it from the perspective of somebody who was there. Because Easter isn't just some abstract fact about the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There were people who were a part of his life that were impacted. There were people who were a part of his life that experienced pain as well as joy that day. And so I want to talk about one of those people today. I want to talk about Mary Magdalene, who was reached by Jesus, who followed Jesus, who loved Jesus, and who was devastated by the reality of his death. So let's look together. We're going to look at John chapter 21 excuse me, John chapter 20, and look with me, first of all, to verse 1 and 2, and then verses 11 through 18. Now, on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, and while it was still dark, saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Look with me at verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she said this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be a gardener, said to him, Sir... If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, that I may take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher or my teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your father, and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Really, folks, we could take this section of verses that we're looking at here and really divide it into two sections. First of all, we could divide it into the first section, which we're going to see, which is about despair. And then we can look and see the second section, which is about joy. So let's talk about despair for a moment. We've got to understand what's going on here. We look at it from the perspective of it has already happened, and we know the story somewhat. But you have to look at it from the perspective of what was going on that day. Here is Mary. The Scripture tells us in Luke, chapter 8, that Jesus had brought healing to her body. What do you mean by that? Well, she had been possessed by seven demons. So obviously there was torment in her life before that. Because demons do not indwell people for the purpose except to destroy their lives. And so here's a woman who healing had been brought to her life. Now, some have speculated that possibly she had been a prostitute or any of this. Well, the scripture doesn't tell us what her background was. It just simply says that Jesus had healed her of seven demons. So she became a very devout follower of Jesus. She loved Jesus very, very much. He was her Lord because she had brought this healing to her life. Well, then here it comes that Jesus goes to Jerusalem. He enters triumphantly, and everybody thinks that he's the Messiah, and he's going to bring and overthrow the Romans and bring peace to Jerusalem. But the, the almost beyond belief thing happens. He's betrayed. He's taken by the Romans. He's crucified. He's buried. He had to be buried hastily on Friday night because the Sabbath was come. So here she is on the Sunday. We say the Sabbath is over on an evening, the Saturday evening. Why didn't she go then? No, she really wanted to go and help finish the preparation of the body. She wanted to go grieve. So she gets up early on Sunday morning, goes over to the tomb. It's still dark, so she's going real early in the morning. She sees that the stone is rolled away. And grief enters into her life. i got some observations for you. Number one, Jesus had touched her life. That's the first thing you need to understand. We're not just talking about a casual observer here. We're talking about somebody who had been touched in their life by Jesus. Who really loved him. He had brought healing to her. Jesus had touched her life. Here's the other thing I want you to see. The unthinkable only seems to get worse. The unthinkable only seems to get worse. What do you mean by that, George? Well, to her, it's completely unthinkable that Jesus, the great teacher, Jesus, the great healer, would end up being an innocent man, a sinless man, would end up being crucified. That's unthinkable. But then in her mind, she's going to the grave to weep the unthinkable, and then she, it's like, where's his body? It's missing! And so to her, the unthinkable only gets worse because now not only is he dead, but somebody stole his body. Somebody's taken his body away. It's like that is just beyond comprehension. I think we can understand that, can't we? I mean, think about it for a moment. All of us here have been touched by death in our lives. All of us. All of us have lost loved ones. What would be going through your mind if you go to the day of the funeral service, and the funeral home director takes you aside and says, "Um, I hate to tell you this, we kind of got a problem, we're very apologetic, we're doing all that we can to help you, but we've lost the body of your loved one. That would be devastating, wouldn't it? I mean, you're already dealing with the grief of the loss. But now his body's gone? Think about the despair that's going on in her life. It's real. It's real. And here's the other thing I want you to see. Grief does not allow her to see clearly. Grief does not allow her to see clearly. What do you mean by that? Well, the script, the passage tells us that she looks into the tomb. She's standing outside the tomb. She's weeping. She looks into the tomb, and she sees two angels, one at the head of where he was laid and one at the, one at the feet of where he was laid. And she doesn't realize. I mean, they're, they're all in white. So they're all there in their splendor. Two angelic beings, she looks in, and 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 her grief does not allow her to recognize them other than they're just men. It's like, where is he? Tell me where he is so I can get him. So I can take care of him. Tell me where it is. She doesn't see clearly. And then she turns around, and she's weeping, and there's Jesus. And he's saying to her, woman, why are you weeping? She doesn't recognize him. She doesn't see him for who he is. Because the grief and despair have blinded her. you guys know what that's like? When you've been so overwhelmed by the stuff that's happening in your life, you just can't think clearly? you know what I mean? That can happen. Hey, let me just stop for a moment. If you know somebody that's going through some stuff and they can't think clearly at that moment, give them some slack. I'm just going to be honest with you. Give them some slack. Our tendency is to say, hey, snap out of it. We want to slap them outside the head. No, no, you need to give people slack. Because when stuff happens and despair takes over, thinking isn't clear. Do you understand? Your thinking doesn't become clear. And so this is what's going on in her life. She's filled with despair. She's filled with it. But I want you to see the joy now. Look with me at verse 16, because this is so awesome, because there she is. All she wants is just his body to take care of it and to have what's done proper for it, because she loves him. But the amazing happens. And this is what's so significant about Easter for you and I today. We've got to grasp the joy, because here it is. Look with me at verse 16. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be a gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is Aramaic or for my teacher. My teacher. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus does not leave her in her despair. Jesus doesn't leave her in her despair. Here's what's so awesome about this. I think think it's significant that the Gospels give us this story here. Because here she is. Because I mean, here's the reality. Do you think that Mary was the only one grieving that Jesus was dead that day? Do you think do you think that that she she was the only one? I mean, we we know if you read the few verses before that that Peter and John come to the tomb and look in themselves. I'm sure they've been grieving, but Jesus doesn't appear to them. He appears to Mary. Why? Because he doesn't want to leave her in despair. He doesn't want to leave her in the anguish. Do you understand? This is how he's got, he's he's interested enough in her as a person. That's pretty powerful for you and I because he's interested in you and I as people. Here's the thing. Stop for a moment. It's Easter. So we're thinking about family gatherings and stuff. We're thinking about breaking diets. We're thinking about all this stuff. We're thinking about the chocolate sale at Walmart tomorrow. Right? But, okay, here's the thing. Monday's coming. Outside of the sale at Walmart, life goes on. And it's back to reality with the junk that you're dealing with in your life. And it's back to reality with the despair and and the anguish of heart. And some of you here are going through that. Now, you're good. Nobody else knows it. Maybe somebody could see it, but you're, you're doing a good job covering it. But inside your heart, you're in anguish. And the typical response from us is to think, does anybody care? Does anybody even understand what I'm going through? Does anybody even understand the depth of my pain? Isn't that how we are? I mean, isn't that true? I mean, you may not be there now, but you've been there. And trust me, you will be there again. And the reality of Easter, I think is so significant that the writer would bring it out of here, is that Jesus would appear to her. Because he doesn't want to leave her in her despair. Folks, he doesn't want to leave you and I in our despairs. He doesn't want to leave you and I in our pain. He doesn't want to leave you and I in the lack of joy in our life. He wants to bring joy back to our lives. Because the joy, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm going to be honest with you. God doesn't care less about you being happy. Because happiness is just a fleeting feeling. What he cares about is something far deeper in your soul that's called joy. Because joy will carry you even when you're not happy. Joy will carry you because it's a hope that goes beyond this life to something else. Even when all else seems wrong and it doesn't seem like it's getting better and it may not get better, I can still have joy because I have a joy in Christ. It doesn't leave her to her despair. Here's the other thing I want you to see. He is our eternal joy. He is our eternal joy. Because I think Mary realized it. Look at verse 17. I think this is significant. Because some people have tried to make it into a deep theological thing. There must be something different happens yet because he can't, she can't hold on to him. No, look, look, look what's going on here. Verse. I like the way the New King James translates it, some of your modern translations. He says to her, verse 17, do not cling to me. I think the NIV says, don't hold on to me. The whole point is is that here she is, the guy that she thought was dead is now alive. Guess what her response is? She's holding on to him. Do you know what I mean? She's like, you're alive. I'm not letting go of you. Because he's her joy. He's her joy. I mean, let me ask you a question. I mean, this is the question that confronts me, okay? I'm going, to ask, I'm going to share a question with you that I'm confronted with by this passage. Is Jesus my joy? That's the question. I've got to ask myself that question. Because we, we're going to go throughout life, because t- Monday's coming. Junk's going to happen. Disappointment's going to be there. My plans are not going to be like they are. Folks, you almost want to give up planning. You know what I mean by that? Because the plans we have, they never just happen the way we want them to happen. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's why we have things called plan B. Because plan A never works out the way we think it is. And in the midst of that, you can get to the place of despair. And I think if you're older... Because when you're younger, you don't think about it as much, but when you're older and you get towards the end of your life, you begin to think of it more and you realize the futility of life. And so, the reality is, 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 is it just a belief system? Is it just a nice doctrine? Is it just something for us to celebrate because that's what our family has always done? Or is Jesus real? Is he our joy? These are the questions I'm wrestling with. Folks, these are the questions we all need to wrestle with. And he's our eternal joy. See, this is the thing that, this is why I think it's so significant, because, I mean, you know what? We're looking at the story of Mary, but it could be the story of you. It could be you. I love the way the psalmist says this. Psalm 30, verse 5. You may want to write this reference down. Because the reality is is that you and I are going to go through hard times. You and I are going to go through difficulties. We're going to go through betrayals. We're going to go through stuff happening that we did not expect or want to have happen. And listen to what the psalmist writes here. I think it's very powerful. He says this. Weeping may endure For a night. But joy comes in the morning. Isn't that awesome? Weeping may endure for the night. You know what? The powerful reality of Easter is this. He rose from the dead. He gave us the reality that there is life after this. That there is victory. That there is something more. There is forgiveness. There's a new standing with God. yes, I have to endure in this life. And yes, I have to go through the junk of this life. And yes, I have to experience the pain and the hurt. But it only endures for the evening. But joy comes in the morning. And you know what, folks? There's a morning. We sang about it earlier in our music. When the eastern skies will break, and he will come for us. And how we know that that will even happen is because he rose from the dead, because we celebrate Easter. See, it's more than just a doctrine. It's not just another holiday. Grasp the significance of the event. So you say, okay, George, how, how do we apply what you're saying to our lives? Well, I've got a couple couple thoughts here, and I'll give you an action point. Here's the first thought. How real is Easter to you? You've got to think about it. How real is it to you? Is it just another holiday? Is it just a ham dinner? Is it? Is it Cadbury eggs? Chocolate bunnies? <laughs> For most little guys it is. Is it? No. It's not. It's Jesus. He's alive. And he wants to be such a part of your life. Here's the other question. What demons are you struggling with? What needs to be, what healing needs to be brought in your life? Is it broken relationships? Is it addiction issues? What healing is it somebody has done you wrong and terrible and you bear that scar from it for all these years? What healing needs to be brought to your life? Well, I mean, we try to deal with it on our own, don't we? And it's like Mary. She had seven demons in her life and then Jesus touched her. Cast out seven from her life and she, her life was radically changed for that. What are the demons in your life? What are you struggling with? See, the reality of Easter is this. The one who rose from the dead can bring healing to your life. And some of you need to seek that healing. Here's the other point, the final point. Here's your action point. This is what you need to do this week. Whether you come here regularly or you're just here for today because it's Easter, here's the reality. You need to do this. You need to take your deepest need to Jesus for healing. That's what Easter is about. You need to take your deepest need to Jesus for healing. He will bring healing to your souls. He will bring healing to the scars of your life. He will bring forgiveness. He will bring acceptance with God. But you need to go to him. And the wonderful thing is is that he rose from the dead for you and I. For a new relationship with God a new order, a new way of doing things. But you know what? It's up to you. What are you going to do with it? That's the question for you and I to wrestle with. So enjoy the eggs. Enjoy the ham, and I will. I think we're having pork. Enjoy whatever pig product you're eating today. But remember why we celebrate, and let it impact your life.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.